questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight we discuss the global health conspiracy and how we will dismantle it. According to tonight's special guest, there are only three reasons why we lose our health. Physical damage, toxicity, and nutrient deficiency. There is no fourth reason. Your body is not low on pharmaceutical drugs. Minerals like magnesium, sodium, potassium, phosphorus, sulfur, and many others can be highly explosive when mixed with water. This goes to show you the explosive power of minerals inside your body, which of course is mainly water. It also shows the importance of getting the balance just right. Stay with us. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, CBD pure hemp oil, Divinia water, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Clive DeCarl is a specialist in the field of health mastery and has helped tens of thousands of people to restore their health through talks, retreats, broadcasts, videos, and personal consultancy. Recognized as one of the world's leading health researchers, Clive has spent 30 years studying the most effective natural health solutions available. Clive is the host of the Pioneering Health Revolution internet TV show, which features over 300 of Clive's interviews with international health experts. 30 years ago, doctors told Clive there was no cure, but he proved them all wrong. Clive the Carl is the newest member of our very test store, so you can find all his great products and supplements right on our website at verytestradio.com. And Clive joins us from Wiltshire in England, very close to Stonehenge. Hello, Clive, and welcome to Veritas. Hello, Mel. Thank you so much for inviting me. Very glad to be here. It's my pleasure. And lately, with this pandemic that we are all experiencing all over the world, it's so important to lift people, especially when it comes to health. But first, as I always do at the beginning of every show, especially with, with health shows, 99% of the people that I interview suffered some health setback at one point or another in their lives, and usually they overcame it. You are one of those, right? Well, absolutely. Uh, I was working in the contact lens industry, and I was embarrassed, aged about 30. I, I still had some spots on my chin like a teenager, and I, instead of adjusting my diet and doing something sensible, I don't know what I was thinking. I went to a doctor. And they said, oh, I can fix that. Take this tablet. And they gave me an antibiotic. And the next thing I knew, my eyesight was going funny. Then I became so arthritic that I couldn't drive anymore. Then I couldn't get upstairs. And then one morning I couldn't get out of bed. And by this time I'd become type 1 diabetic. And it appeared that I was suffering from organ failure. They put me in hospital for weeks and couldn't figure out what was wrong. They wouldn't believe it was their drug that had done it. And after a few weeks in the observation ward, they said, well, there's nothing we can do for you. You know, just drugs for the rest of your short, unpleasant life. And I already couldn't walk. So um, anyway, after three weeks in the hospital, I'd figured it out. I realized I was low on magnesium and a few vitamins and minerals, uh, which I, I got my wife to wheel me out in a wheelchair and uh, took vitamins and minerals, all the arthritis, which was ugly, you know, not nice all went away. And that was 30 plus years ago. Now I'm 67 and I'm fine. When did you decide to share this with the world? Oh, well, pretty much right away. Uh, but of course, most people wouldn't listen. But a friend of my dad's who was a banker in New York, he listened. 
and he was given about 12 weeks left to live cancer for the second time. And he, he found Linus Pauling in the phone book. He had won the Nobel Prize a couple of times and sure. spent the last years researching vitamin C. And he said, what do I do? And he said, well, look, take 35 grams of vitamin C in small divided doses every day. And instead of dying, as predicted, in 12 weeks, he lived another 20 years. That's just incredible. You know, I have a, a similar story that happened to me many decades ago. And I always thought, one day, one day I will tell the world. But most people are not ready for this. Why is it that most people follow Western medicine when what is called alternative medicine has been around for thousands of years, Clive? Well, of course, they switch the words around. You know, the modern medicine is the alternative stuff. Right. Our ancestors knew how to keep our families healthy before electricity, before whatever. Uh, you know, our ancestors worked it all out. And then in about 1850, things changed. I, I looked at the statistics for the city of Boston in 1850, and I think I got this right. Uh, three people died of cancer, and nobody died of heart attacks in the city of Boston. Then the next year, they introduced cottonseed oil as a new novel food that you could cook things in, and things went downhill from there. You know, they introduced margarine and uh, oils from seeds, like sunflower oil and so on. And when those oils were pressed between stones in the old days, it was fine. But the moment they used metal rollers and started highly processing the oils that people cook in, uh, then heart problems proliferated like mad. All sorts of problems happened when they started messing with the food industry from 1850 onwards. By 1930, as you probably know, the American government reported that there weren't enough minerals for good nutrition back in, in the 1930s. So now, 90 years later, obviously it's a, it's a disaster. And uh, so what I spent the last 20-odd years doing primarily was looking at how it could be simplified, what's really going wrong with people's health. Um, and to put it in perspective, about 12 years ago, I had a website selling supplements. I ha had over 100 supplements on there. Now I've whittled it down to about 12 because I've realized that actually there are, there are roughly 12 key components, maybe a few more, that almost everybody's missing. And if you put those few things right – then everything falls into place. You know, at one point I had loads of herbs on the website, and I love herbs. But actually, again, I've realized now, years later, that actually it's simpler than that. First of all, you've got to get what we're made of right. We're not made of herbs. We're, we're sort of made of food, and we're made of uh, minerals and vitamins, amino acids, and essential fats. If you get those four right and you stop poisoning yourself, then remarkable things happen. I mean, really remarkable, you know, in one day. You know, really often, you know, particularly with magnesium, is a good example. If you take the right type of magnesium in the right quantities, um, it can be so fast. Uh, I was on Crow's show a few months ago, and I'd sent him some minerals in advance, and he took uh, some vitamin C and some magnesium at the beginning of the show, and he'd got a locked finger. His, he had a trigger finger, and his sister had just had had hers operated on, and he was booked in to have an operation. And during the show, his trigger finger released and the pain ended. Uh -huh. That's incredible. And I, um, by the way, thank you so much for sending me a box of goodies at, all the way from the UK to uh, Arizona. So it took some time, but I have it right here. And I look forward to using all of them. But I have to ask you, uh, how much do you know about Robert Souls? As you know, it was, uh, I believe, 1890. 90-some, 92, 97 in the United States, the U.S. Rubber Soul Company came up with this revolutionary idea to put rubber soles on people's shoes. And from there on, health went down the toilet. I mean, if you look at the health, how it used to be in the 19th century and how it is now, it's very different. What do you think of rubber soles? Well, clearly, we're supposed to be grounded to the earth, and we're meant to be barefoot and, I suppose, naked. So we should be getting a lot of sunshine and certainly electrons from the planet. You know, as you probably know, when there's a lightning strike, uh, electrons are sort of uh, have this charge on the surface of the planet. So if you're touching 
the planet barefoot or you're in the sea or something, uh, you're getting a charge of electrons. And our cells run on photons and electrons primarily. You know, we are electrical beings. So without that, it's an issue. You know, some people buy grounding sheets or grounding mats to try and cope with it. But they can have their issues as well, depending on what you're grounding to. Um, but uh, I, I personally, I feel great if I'm barefoot on a bit of wet grass. You know, I, th I think pretty much everybody, given that natural thing where you're in the countryside getting sunshine, maybe foraging a bit of wild food. You know, what, what would we do? What would we have done thousands of years ago? Well, presumably we would have been living in the forest. Uh, we would have known it intimately, known everything about it. And there would have been, say, the blueberry season or the wild strawberry season or whatever it is. And we would have found the strawberries, say, and I think we would have gorged on them. And I don't think we'd be eating the multiplicity of food that we do these days. Um, I know I'm jumping subjects a bit, but the, the multiplicity of food thing is interesting when it comes to babies. What people do is they generally uh, feed a baby a mixture of things. You know, if you get so Heinz baby food or, or, or something, usually it's all sorts of different flavors mixed together, which, of course, is the wrong way to feed a baby. The only way to find out what baby really likes is feeding it one food at a time, not more than one mixed up. But um, uh, I love talking about babies because there are some unbelievable uh, things about them. Did, did you know that babies have language on the day they're born? No, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a woman called Priscilla Dunstan, and you can find her uh, you know, online, Priscilla Dunstan. She was a musical prodigy, and when her child was born, she realized that it was making sounds, and because she was a musical prodigy, she, she was able to exactly realize what the sounds were, and she worked out very quickly that the baby could make a sound of, I'm hungry, that I've got wind, that I need to take a poo, um, I'm sleepy, and she teaches it. They're just basically five main sounds, which are the ones you need to know. I mean, anybody who's had a child, sometimes you, you think, you know, they're not happy for some reason. Are they tired? Are they hungry? What is it? Do they need changing? And you sometimes do the wrong things. When you realize that from day one, you can recognize what your child's saying to you, um, then everything changes. So there are children, apparently, who essentially have virtually never cried because they've always known, the parents have always known what the child was asking for. And it means that speech comes much quicker because you've communicated with your child properly from day one. That's great information. And speaking of babies, of course, in the Western world, we have circumcision, which is something that's done uh -huh. to, to children without, I've always said, why don't they allow that after you're 18? Just like you pierce your ears or whatever you want to pierce, why don't you Give them the option of doing that. But what that causes is trauma, and we have done shows on that. But speaking of children, I am a family of five siblings, five boys, and at the time, it was suggested to mothers to go with C-section and not natural birth. So my mother had five C-sections. Oh, by the way, do not breastfeed because that's not good. Use formula. All these things, and people believe them. Why is it that people don't step outside the box and realize in the animal kingdom, Is there any other animal, unless the baby is lost in the woods and another species takes it over? But do we have any other that uses some kind of synthetic uh, milk or another species that feeds the baby in nature? Well, it, obviously, the whole birth process is totally insane. But, I mean, uh, back in, 19, in the 1950s, they developed MKUltra, right? Now, 70 years later... How good have they got with the subliminal programming and so on? I, I personally, I think you can spot somebody who watches TV and listens to the media and the people who don't uh, because the ones wearing masks, the ones that are totally hypnotized by the media, are, have got, I don't mean to be rude, but th there's no getting through to them. Yes. They're to to in total hypnosis, I would say. It's incredible what you see. And even though... There's so many reports and so many doctors and professionals around the world explaining how masks don't do anything to protect your health. And by the way, if this quote-unquote virus, which has never been isolated, is so dangerous, why don't they put biohazard receptacles in every corner on every street? 
And all you do is you walk around and you see at the beach and everywhere else, all these masks everywhere. If that's the case, don't you think there should be an emergency just for that? Well, I mean, I, th I think the incredible thing is Taiwan. Now, um, more Chinese visit Taiwan than go anywhere else. Taiwan happens to be very close to Wuhan. Now, you'd think that of all the countries outside of China, maybe, that Taiwan would have had the most deaths and the most cases. Taiwan, I interviewed a, a gong master from Taiwan about a month or so ago. Uh, at that point, they'd had seven deaths and under a thousand cases of COVID. How can that be? How can it be possible? It's got to show you that the tests they're using in Taiwan are set to a much lower cycle threshold than, say, the United States. Well, I don't want to get political here, but it was really interesting how after a certain person became the quote-unquote president, all of a sudden they decided to lower the cycles and now the tests are becoming more accurate. What happened immediately? Oh, the cases are down. So when it comes to testing, even during the AIDS, quote-unquote AIDS situation in the 1980s, were those tests really accurate? Is AIDS even a virus? Uh, no, no, and no. Um, you know, uh, when back in what the 80s or whatever, when the uh, HIV AIDS scare started, I assumed that the tests were either right or wrong. I mean, they were they were either positive or negative, and there was no in between. Now, now we know obviously that they're totally inaccurate. They're a complete joke. You know, obviously, uh, you know, AIDS, of course, was the symptoms of the drugs they gave. You know, AIDS didn't exist. They get they gave pe people basically chemotherapy, and AIDS were the symptoms of that of the drugs they were getting. And of course, there's always a nefarious. Uh, it was I believe Dr. Joseph Gallo who was behind it. Yeah, tried it in New York and in San Francisco to eradicate the the uh, black and homosexual population, but that's a different story. Uh, also, in the 1950s, how many people were giving the polio vaccine, which included the simian, uh, the simian virus that gave people cancer? So when I see all these people now, and this is when you, you could, you had some recourse until, until 1976 with, the, with uh, uh, the swine flu virus, that gave people a lot of Guillain-Barre, but now we have no recourse. In fact, I was reading something today, which I haven't confirmed yet, that if you have a life insurance policy, if you get vaccinated and die, your, your insurance policy becomes void. So why do so many people just roll up their sleeves, take a chance on what I call Russian roulette, Clive? Well, it's totally insane, and of course... Uh, many people don't realize that polio uh, was being treated successfully with uh, vitamin C back in the 1960s. You know, there, everything that there is a, a vaccine for uh, can be dealt with with vitamin C, and so in some cases vitamin A. I mean, take measles, for example. Um, some children can go blind, lose their sight with measles, and uh, giving them vitamin A in the right dose, uh, they can restore their sight. I mean, you know, who would have thought that that was possible, perhaps? But I mean, if we could talk about vitamin C just for a second. Of because, course. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the first time I saw cancer cured was vitamin C. But um, women might be interested to know that uh, women giving birth who've got the sufficient amount of vitamin C, which is a lot when you're giving birth, have nine times less tearing. Uh, women who have enough magnesium have an easy birth because magnesium is the mineral of relaxation. It makes every cell of the body relax, you know, your mind, your body, everything. And of course, doctors with their poor hypnosis skills tell women they're having contractions, where in actual fact, you want to tell them they're having expansions, which is really what's happening. And you know, the whole hypnosis of the medical system is uh, evil, I would say. You know, they're deliberately doing things, particularly at birth, to really mess things up. But on the positive side, um, did you know that children, most children, you can blindfold them, completely blindfold them, and they can still see. They can be taught to see, sometimes in, in as quick as less than five minutes. Is it because they're using their third, the third eye, which I believe some people have said, there are optical nerves in your third eye. But the reason well, why it's being crystallized by all these you know, fluoride and the rest of it, tell us more. 
Well, um, I've got a, a, a video with a psychic woman who teaches this skill. She teaches it, if you're interested. If you're a, uh, a practitioner, and she won't teach ordinary people, but she will teach practitioners because she, she wants to teach other people how, how to learn this skill. But I've got a video um, uh, about it, and you see all these children, and you you know, I asked you, you know, is is it the third eye? What is it? And the children tend to say words like, "Well, uh, I'm using my inner light." So you know, here are these children, totally blindfolded, drawing, painting, playing ball, you know, playing games, as if they were seeing. You know, they can, they can tell you exactly what what they can see all the colours. It's it's incredible. And I, I first heard about this was when I was in the optical business. I was reading about Russian children blind who were using their fingertips to read. Uh, you know, we as human beings are so much more than we've been told we are, clearly. What is Wettstedt saying? The biggest conspiracy of all is the secret to our own potential. I mean, look, in just a, in a few minutes, you have just given me some truths that I was not aware of, that there is a language for ch for babies that, uh, you know, we can see blindfolded. All these things, if we are told from the moment we're born that this is truly an attribute that, a God-given attribute that we have, we develop it and we evolve it. But since we're told, no, please don't say that you can see blindfolded. Please don't say that you can see the future. Kids feel like, oh, they're just calling me crazy. So they either forget or they suppress those attributes, don't you think? Well, yeah, if only we knew at the start that we, you know, in one sense are infinite possibility, then how much can we do? I mean, I used to do a stage thing years ago where I'd ask who's the, who thinks they're the strongest person in the room. And it was always guys that come, come out. I'm strong. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm going to do a bit of uh, muscle testing on you. Just uh, uh, hold your arm out. I'm just going to press your arm down. It's not for me to tell how strong you are. It's for you to tell tell how strong you are, right? So they resist against my finger. And then I got taught this Tai Chi trick to take strength away from people, right? It, and uh, so I do this little little mind trick on them. And I do a little, little tiny physical movement. And um, uh, then I'd ask them to do the muscle test again. About 50% of the time, they'd lost their strength. And but if they're still strong, I'd do it again. Then sometimes a third time, but maybe twenty percent of people could resist it. And so you know, again, people don't realize that uh, you know some martial artists are using the power of their mind. Uh, you know, you, you've probably seen the sort of Tai Chi masters and these. You know, they get their attackers to to come up towards them, and then they have like you know, it sounds crazy, but like a force field, and, yeah. and they their opponents fly backwards and. You know, th this stuff is is real, but it's beyond most people's willingness to accept it. I don't want to talk about any of my stories today, but there's one because of this pandemic situation. I want to share it because you said something in one of your presentations, and I, I, I connected some dots here. But last year, just before the Rona started, just as it's about to start, I was feeling this pain in the side of my mouth. Never in my life have I ever, have I ever had a cavity And a few times I've gone to the dentist just for cleanups. You know, they look at me like, okay, go bye-bye. I mean, no money for us because you have no cavities. But anyway, I had this pain on the side of my mouth, and I just couldn't stand it anymore. So I went to my dentist, and he says, oh, no, that's going to require a root canal. You know, I did some research about it, and I was scared about it. So I went to a specialist, and he said, nope, no root canal. You have a fractured tooth, and you have a hole in your bone, your nasal bone, and an infection that can go to your brain and kill you. So we scheduled a, uh, an extraction for, you know, two days from now. So I left. I started doing my research. To make a long story short, I was just using sodium chloride activated in my mouth for a few days. The pain went away, and it never came back. Two of, two of my friends are dentists. One is a dental surgeon. Told me, you need to take care of this now, or you're going to have health consequences. So three against me, who's not a a medical practitioner, I was able to do it. Now, when I see them, they say, well, it doesn't hurt until it hurts again. What do you say about that? Well, you know, the, the dentists don't want people to know that you can regrow cavities. I mean, you know, if you've got a cavity in your finger, you'd call that a cut. And if you're healthy, it would regrow. If you're not healthy, it might not. Uh, if you broke your fingernail, 
you've got a cavity in your fingernail. You're not going to go and get that filled. You're just going to regrow it. You know, your teeth are regrowing all the time. So clearly to have got a cavity, you must have been, um, you know, not looking after what you're eating or maybe not getting enough vitamin K2 or, you know, there's going to be a reason there. Maybe not enough magnesium, not enough vitamin D. Um, but let's say you, uh, you know, I mean, a cavity in your finger, you leave it alone. You don't rub food into it. You don't put coffee on it. You just leave it alone, keep it sterile, it grows back. And if you did the same with the tooth, you know, you stopped eating for a couple of days or a day, and, or if you did have to eat, you know, use something, drink drink celery juice or something that doesn't involve aggravating the the, the, the cavity, and it should just grow back. But, of course, dentists don't want to tell you that. So you know, once you've got a cavity and it's been filled, then then there's not much hope. But you know, if it's a, a tooth that was fine yesterday, you should be able to fix it by tomorrow. But this is the thing: we're told that no, if you lose a limb, you cannot grow it, and that's true until now. Same with the tooth, the teeth. If you lose your teeth or if you have a cavity, we have to fill it. But they never tell you that nature can remineralize your tooth. There, there is a famous case of a guy who got his finger cut off in a model airplane, the propeller, and used Russian peptides to right. regrow it. There have been a few cases of people regrow, regrowing fingers, and one or two where they've even regrown the fingernail. I've seen that. I've seen that with some kind of powder. Speaking of peptides, I want you to tell us a story of the Soviets. They were concerned that the United States, the Americans, had lasers And they thought, well, if we get into a fight with them, they're going to blind all of our troops. Let's find a way to fix their eyes. Tell us about that story. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, the secret soldier program that the Soviets were, were running um, was unlimited budget. You know, they wanted their soldiers to be resistant to whatever might might happen. And, yeah, there, there was this um, – their spies learned there was a B-52 that – could ha um, flash a blinding laser and blind everybody who had their eyes open at the time. So they started looking at how could you repair retinas? And they took peptides from the eyes of animals and uh, used those, and uh, it worked. And then they started developing a lot of other peptides. I think they're about 35 now. Um, and there's one for lungs and one for hearts and so on, you know, pretty much everything you can think of. The best-selling one... Uh, is for the pineal gland, which I find quite extraordinary when you think about what the pineal gland does. So that's one of the best sellers. But um, uh, So peptides, you don't have to take them forever. You take them for a couple of months, then you can stop for six months, then maybe take another month's worth. Uh, very, very interesting. You know, proteins are amino acids and peptides. And uh, so uh, there's a company called Anti-Aging Systems uh, in the States which um, sells the peptides. Uh, you know, very interesting. Most people usually take about three types at once rather than just one. And um, so at the same time, they were developing frequency devices. For, for years, I used a Russian uh, frequency device here in the UK. We call them a pain genie. And they were also developed by the, the, uh, uh, the military in Russia. And um, it's a very small frequency device. I, I've hold, I'm holding one in my hand right now. And I, generally, I could get people out of pain eight times out of ten in five minutes, ten minutes, generally, with it. Um, you know, and this is 1980s technology. Why is it that peptides, this is not more mainstream, for example, I can think of Dr. Bersinski in Houston, and he identified naturally occurring human peptides which were deficient in cancer patients. He started using those on cancer patients with a high success rate. Of course, they always try to take him to court and they try to put him in jail, as it's the case with most alternative practitioners. Well, or they kill them, of course. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so much out there. But at, at the end of the day, while the peptides can be really useful, uh, if there's something sort of drastically wrong, you might say, well, useful. Any, anyway, again, I would bring it back to the, the real basics, because almost everybody is low on vitamin D in, in the winter, for example, if they're not getting sunshine. And if people are just working all day and aren't getting sunshine in the summer, then they might be low on vitamin D then. And, you know, as you know, vitamin D is all about happiness. It's about immunity. You know, it's 
it's one of the most important things, sunshine, you know, super important. And personally, I take about 10,000 IUs of vitamin D every day in winter. And I used to get three colds a year on average. Then, then about 15 years ago, I started taking vitamin D, never had a cold since. Same with me. That, yeah. Same with me. Vitamin C, vitamin D3, all that. But when it comes to, to, to staying here for dentistry for a moment, because a lot of people who listen to us, sometimes they write to me and they say, who do you recommend? We're not medical practitioners, folks, but you can do research. People who have mercury fillings. That's a very important, you know, they're not taught in school that mercury and mercury and, and fluoride are toxic substances. You know, I've had many of my friends who are dentists who tell me, hey, Mel, by the way, I heard you say that fluoride is bad. How is that bad? And the mere fact that they're asking me that question tells me how much they don't know. So the question is, is if somebody has mercury fillings, where are they supposed to go? Well, um, the good dentists, and I believe that most dentists are psychopaths, good dentists uh, often call themselves biological dentists or natural dentists. And the questions you can ask them to find out if they're any good, you say, do you do metal fillings? If they say yes, well, they're no good. <laughs> right, or, go or, or root canals. Yeah. Well, root canals, I believe, are massively dangerous. And I, I had two before I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And, and I had them taken out um, because so many I've, – you know, well, I've just met so many clients whose root canal fillings have almost killed them. You know, I, they say there used to be thousands of YouTube videos of people saying, you know, my tumor shrunk in half after I had my mercury fillings removed. Um, you know, like in a week or something like that. So clearly, I think dentistry is responsible for, for more injuries than almost anything. Um, you know, so many people are ill because of their dental work. My recommendation is you've got a root canal. You should look at the work of Hal Huggins and listen to what Hal Huggins says about root canals. And you might decide you'd be better off without it. Um, you know, the risks are fairly extraordinary and it's worth looking at the, um, uh, meridian maps, you know, the Chinese acupuncture meridian maps, and look where the meridians from the, from the teeth go, because there's a, a direct correlation with people who have a root canal, say, uh, in the tooth that's related to the right breast or whatever in women, and they've got breast cancer, and there's a trigger. You know, it, and people, some people have two different metals in the mouth. They've got, let's say, a silver filling and a gold crown or something like that. Right. Because you put two dissimilar metals in the mouth, which is full of acidic liquid, and you're creating a battery. So you're running voltage, which isn't going to be doing you much good. I have a, when I was young, I was playing with one of my brothers. He threw a Pepsi can in my mouth, and I lost a tooth. And from that time, they, I had a, 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 a crown. But for years, I always noticed that the area around the tooth was always red. And that was until I recently, not recently, but I found out that your body is designed to reject all foreign antigens. So when it comes to the V, the v, I'm not going to use the word, the V, the puncture, aren't we designed to just breathe or consume things through our mouths? But if something is injected, there's no filtering system that the body will be able to process out. I mean, I remember my conversation with uh, Dr. Susan Humphreys, and she was totally pro-V, until she started realizing that some of her, her patients were falling ill after getting the V. And she went to, she was a nephrologist, she went to the pediatrics area and started analyzing babies being born and, and they were being punctured. And she found out that none of the aluminum or anything of the, of the things that were supposed to be ejected were not ejected. So why is it that people don't question this, that when you're injected, it just goes without any filtering whatsoever. Well, again, it's back to the indoctrination. Pe people are totally hypnotized to believe what they're told now. You know, doctors are always right. And there's no question about that. You know, uh, I, it's, it's beyond me. that I'm very disappointed in the human race uh, right now. You know, it's, you know, I sometimes wonder, you know, if, if, if you were the planet, and you had this pesky human race around, what would you do? Well, you'd maybe wipe out the stupid ones. <laughs> and I, I have a horrible feeling that's what's happening. I always say that the, 
the planet is like a dog waiting to shake its fleas because we are at the root of the problem. But why is baby water fluoridated if babies have no teeth? Well, the whole fluoride thing is a myth. I actually read the original fluoride report that all the fluoride stuff was based on. And, um, you know, I don't many people read that, that sort of stuff. But it's clearly ridiculous. And, of course, the, the uh, you know, as, as you know, the uh, fluoride that they're using is a totally different fluoride to the one that the test was run on. So the whole the, the whole thing is is criminal. I mean, you know, I, I believe that there is outright war being waged on the human race uh, right now. I mean, I think it's World War Three, but it's just different to what people expect. And, you know, we, we're being wiped out. In, well, or weakened, I would say. They don't, don't seem to want us, I, don't, I was going to say they don't want us dead. Maybe they do, but they want us to spend a lot of money on their products before we go. I wanted to ask you this question during part two, because I fear that this is the kind of question that can uh, really have us heavily censored, but I'm going to ask you it anyway. Do you think that a medical apartheid is upon us? Um. What do you mean by apartheid, a, a division of those who get vaccinated and those that don't, you mean? Precisely. If you look at a certain s small state in the Middle East right now, that is exactly what they're experiencing. It's so draconian that they, even the media is not reporting what's taking place. And it starts with the letter I. But what people are going through, and I'm getting emails and messages, please, please bring this out. We need help here. Uh, they are completely separating the non-vaccinated world with the vaccinated world well i put up a video last week of uh, this 84 year old she was a regular tennis player absolutely fine uh never been punctured uh didn't didn't go to doctors didn't need to she was she was looking after herself she was healthy and she decided for the benefit of the others that she'd get punctured Uh, ended up in, landed up in hospital with uh, kidney failure, and uh, my YouTube video lasted, I think, less than 15 minutes. So, I mean, uh, are they, are you know, are the people running the media, that type of media, um, guilty of murder? I would say they they are because if they're depriving people of of that sort of knowledge that could save a life or save your kidneys being damaged, um, I mean, you know. It's war, isn't it? I mean, where's worse informed consent? And even the prime minister of that same country, I heard him yesterday saying that it's going to require people to get punctured every six months for the rest of their lives. And take the, the flu vaccine, for example. Flu has been around for almost 80 years. And they, why did they call it a vaccine if the flu's still around? And the question is does the flu wait until things get cold to get out from the shadows? Or is it because maybe, just maybe, at least in the United States, we have Halloween with people eating candy and Thanksgiving people eating, you know, too much and Christmas time. And then people become sedentary, do not go out to the sun. And you either have to excrete, sweat, or regurgitate the toxins. And if you're accumulating all those things, come January, February, that's when most people get the quote-unquote flu Is this orchestrated during that same time just to, for most profitable time of the year, Clive? Well, in England, of course, uh, we didn't get the flu last year. Um, it vanished. <laughs> it vanished completely. It got replaced. Heart disease, cancer vanished from the United States too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? So we should be grateful to, um, to this uh, sea thing. Um, so, I mean, the... Uh, You know, as we know, the, the, the flu is something coming out of you, not something that's going into you. Um, you know, I noticed um, years ago, I don't know, 30 years ago, that my friends used to say, I was so looking forward to my holiday because I could relax. And I got on the plane, and I must have caught the flu from the air conditioning of the plane uh, because it laid me out for a week, and I didn't get my full holiday. But the way I saw it was that in the same way that doctors are getting coughed and sneezed on don't get the flu, that uh, what happened was the person sat down on the plane going, oh, thank God, I made it. I'm finally on holiday. And their body responds by going, great, you're not working hard now. You can relax. We'll get, get you detoxed. And out, out it all comes. And that's how it should be, right? But speaking yeah. of, of, of mask, uh, face masks for a moment, 
I've mentioned this a few times already, but it's good to repeat. As somebody from OSHA, the Occupational Safety Health Agency here in the United States, told me that in hospitals, the reason why doctors wear masks during surgery is to protect the patient from saliva falling into an open wound. And the HVAC, the, the ventilation system, is equipped to offer 10, 20% more oxygen to compensate for the lack of oxygen. But in a normal office, you don't have that. And by the way, there's laws in the United States that guarantee that an employee has to have X percentage um, of oxygen. And when you wear a mask, it goes below that. Are they, wait, are they waiting for a multi-billion dollar lawsuit in the next few months or years? Well, uh, now the, the, the boxes, the masks come in, say, say that it doesn't protect you against viruses. Well, they do here in England. I don't know about the States. But I mean, the supposed size of a virus uh, is a 50th or, or so of the size of the holes in the masks. So right. It's like you know, chicken wire to stop mosquitoes. It's chain link fence to stop them. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I, in England, you can exempt yourself. All you've got to do is uh, decide, am I stressed wearing a mask? And if your answer is yes, you can exempt yourself. You don't even need a doctor to do it. But I, in the States, is, would I be right that if you tried to exempt yourself, they might arrest you or, or what? In the United States, is different. It's a, if it's a private entity. If you go to, to what do you call Walmart over where you are, if it's a private entity, they can demand that you wear the mask. But, you know, there are laws in the United States. There's a HIPAA laws that you do not need to disclose your, your uh, medical uh, condition. But somebody told me the other day, oh, I go all the time and I say, you know, I either have hypoxia, I'm going to get hypoxia. Or somebody else told me I have an overdeveloped uh, frontal cortex that requires double the amount of oxygen from the rest of the people. I mean, you hear things all the time. So can one get a medical exemption in the States? In the United States, if you have a medical exemption, you just, you just need to say it. I have a medical exemption. Boom, and just go in. And unfortunately, most people do not do not follow that because they feel intimidated by the walking dead, as I call them. Well, quite. I mean, I, I, I've never worn a mask in England um, because uh, I'm for me, it's like a big badge saying, you know, this is rubbish. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to wear one. You know, I, they're stupid. I'm I, you know, I do not consent. And the thing is, if these people that are continuing to wear one mask, two masks, to wear the whole box for, if that's what makes you feel better. But the moment they start removing the mandates in, in certain states here, all those people, they're going to have to stop and realize, listen, if you don't want to come close to me, then walk away. But what bothers them the most, Clive, in my opinion, is that we are being disobedient, that we don't follow, quote unquote, science, and that we're making everybody else, you know, in danger. But if masks really work, just like the V's, the puncture really works, why is it that uh, me not puncturing myself makes you uncomfortable if you have been punctured? And similarly, if it's so dangerous and you have to wear a mask, when they're testing you, why can't they just take a bit of spit? Why do they have to stick something up towards your brain? I mean, nothing about the whole farce makes sense, does it? I mean, I think they're just laughing at us. Stay there for a moment, what you just said. I've always suspected something else is taking place when it comes to that huge Q-tip that goes into people's blood-brain barrier. If I am breathing and I have spit and that makes people sick, why can't they just take a sample from my saliva? Oh, and now they have these anal swaps. And I saw a demonstration in China the other day on how they're doing it. I cannot believe that people see that video and realize I look, I so look forward to travel so that I can just go through that embarrassing, this dehumanizing moment. What's your take on these anal swaps? Well, I thought it was incredibly funny that a whole group of American diplomats sub allow, allowed them to be subjected to it. I thought that was crazy. Um, I mean, I, they're laughing at us, surely, aren't they? The question is, how do we really fight back? For example, I was watching uh, a, f a couple of videos a few weeks ago and one yesterday in Spain where the police were arresting one woman. 
who was walking in the streets without a mask, and they were arresting her. And there were probably a hundred people around her. And you know what everybody did? Everyone at the same time removed their masks. And guess what did the, what did the police do? They walked away. Because wow. they they realized that when the masses wake up, like in Italy, the police were going restaurant after restaurant, telling people, no, 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 you can't be here, you can't be here. Everybody would stand up and clap, leave it at that. Freedom, freedom. And guess what? Two days later, the politicians said, well, guess what? We're removing these restrictions. In the United States, I don't know what's going on. And in Canada and some other parts in Europe, why are we so asleep when we are, and we should be the ones in control, Clive? Well, exactly. And, you know, if you'd asked me that a year ago, I would have said confidently, oh, they'll wake up. You know, a year from now, they'll all see through it. But they haven't. And people are now entrenched. They're totally convinced. You know, it's very hard to have a conversation with anybody about it, isn't it? I mean, they've, they've already made up their mind. And I don't, I, I no longer know what the answer is, but I'm not going to get vaccinated and I don't want to live in a, uh, you know, a, I mean, in England, people are so asleep. I, I'm really, you know, there's some towns you go to and there are a few people without wearing masks, but the town where I live, uh, everybody's wearing masks. I'm the only one who's not. And you live in the countryside. I mean, you told me that you have miles and miles with that population. Why would anybody care to be wearing a mask in a, such an isolated location? Well, yeah, it's it's unfortunate and it's insane. So I, I, I don't know. I think maybe people will set up communities of non-mask wearers. Maybe that's what will happen. But like India and Pakistan splitting. I don't know. Now let's go back to some other parts of, of your research. Pain. This is something that I was mentioning, earthing. Years ago, I suffered from back pain, knee pain, and uh, a guest sent me a box very similar to what you did. You sent me this box, and I left the box there because I thought, eh, I don't believe, and then come on, that earthing can take away pain. That's just new age mumbo jumbo. But the day before the interview, I opened the box and I slept with, with a, a grounding mat, and the next day I'm walking towards the studio, and I realized... Eureka, no pain in my back, no pain anywhere. I haven't had pain ever since I conducted that interview years ago. But when it comes to pain, can everyone get out of pain and reverse chronic diseases? I would say, you know, pretty much, yes. Uh, you know, for myself, as I mentioned, it was magnesium primarily got me out of pain. And I, I suggest magnesium as my number one remedy to everybody, really, because it is amazing. I mean, I could run through the magnesium deficiency symptoms so that your listeners can work out whether they've got, got one or not. But I would say pretty much everybody is low on magnesium. Do you want me, do you want me to run through the symptoms? No, oh, please do. This is one of, one of those things that before I took it, I didn't realize that I needed it. I had twitches, my eyes. I would be talking to people and I, you know, I would be embarrassed because they would think that I was blinking, you know, w winking to them. And it was magnesium. Heart and sleeping patterns changed. But yeah, please tell us some of the most important uh, benefits of taking magnesium. Yeah, well, as, as you say, you know, twitches are a big sign. Um, muscle cramps, you wake up in the morning, you stretch and your calves or your, your foot cramps up, restless leg heart arrhythmia, you know, heart beating out of rhythm, sleep issues, constipation, depression, um, arthritis. It's, um, you know, if you get hiccups, for instance, anybody who's got menstrual cramps, cramps of any kind, any heart issues, you know, what do they do if somebody's having a, a heart attack? Well, a bright and intelligent um, uh, emergency room doctor would inject you with magnesium sulfate right into the bloodstream, stop a heart attack, bam, in a second or two. If you didn't, if you didn't have that around you and somebody was having a heart attack right in front of you, you get some cayenne pepper and get a, put a couple of teaspoonfuls in, in some uh, warm water and you tip the person up, they could be dead, and tip it down their throat. And when, they, when, when it wakes up their heart, they'll be quite angry, but they will be alive. Now, you think cayenne pepper is good or bad, for example? I, oh, I, it, it will restart a heart. Okay. Yeah. But for people who take it, like I take cayenne pepper all the time, what are the benefits of taking cayenne pepper? The hot is the better. Well, uh, circulation, for a start. 
Um, I mean, it's anti-inflammatory. It uh, you know ha- has a whole uh, host of benefits, really. You know, sim- similar to vitamin C, you might say. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know whether I'd. I mean, I love cayenne pepper. I, I like it on food, but I'm a bit addicted to it, probably. I am too. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I like it. Some people I'm say, sure, could, sure could, could that have? Could that have a digestive issue? Could it be bad for your digestive system to to consume so much hot peppers? Uh, conceivably, if conceivably, I mean, if you had an ulcer or something, it would probably be quite irritating. Um, you know, we're all so different. I mean, to give you an incredible example, I think uh, uh, I knew somebody who, for years and years and years, had IBS. They had to be near a toilet. You know, at all times they couldn't go out for a couple of hours. That wasn't wasn't credible for them. And they tried everything. They tried uh, vegetarian diet. They tried raw vegetarian. They tried vegan, raw vegan. They had fecal implants from a healthy person. He tried everything. And how he fixed it was two things. He had one intravenous drip of glutathione, just one. Turns out that he had an allergy to some petroleum type products. And he felt about 50% better. Then he changed his diet to the only thing he hadn't tried, which was raw carnivore. And he never had a problem with, with the toilet ever again. Turns out he's a raw carnivore, at least at the moment he is. So when it comes to vegetarians, meat eaters, paleo, keto, there's so many types of diets. We had somebody here the other day, and Jacqueline, uh, who is a world champion when it comes to martial arts, And he says that, you know, meat is bad. And I've had many others tell me the same thing. Um, And that we have to be alkaline. And I think everybody, this is a universal answer. Yes, we need to remain, you know, at least neutral, not too acidic, because that's where trans cancer grows and you eventually die. What's your take on alkalinity? Well, I would suggest that the way to do it is back to magnesium. Uh, Magnesium will increase your alkalinity. Um, uh, Fulvic minerals will increase your alkalinity. Um, You know, while, you know, uh, the pH of the body is directly related to the cellular voltage. And to be healthy, you you need uh, the right negative voltage. And to achieve that, you have to be alkaline. But, you know, you can also go too far. There are people who uh, damage themselves by trying to be too up to alkaline, you can go. You can go the other way. Right. Um, but again, uh, you know, your ability to digest the food also has a huge, uh, a, 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 a huge measure of it. You know, I've had quite a few people who have been told by the doctor, "Well, you're getting acid reflux, therefore you are making too much stomach acid," and they believe it, and then they take some antacid for mm-hmm. years and years and years, and everything just gets worse. And of course, you know, as you probably know, it's, of course, it's the opposite. You know, there is no, there's really nothing in the human being that as you get older, you make more of. You know, as we get older, we make less of everything. And the idea that as you get older, you make more stomach acid is a joke. So the doctors have got it wrong in so many areas. And that one is a big one. So all one's got to do is uh, uh, change your diet or, or add one or two things like digestive enzymes. Uh, to correct the whole stomach acid uh, issue. And, I mean, I had a woman a few years ago in her mid-30s. She she was having such bad issues with acid reflux that the only food she was able to eat at this point, she was, all, you know, she was really ill, was ice cream and custard because <laughs> really? they had so much you know, just calcium, right? And so uh, in this case, uh, uh, I got her to take a betaine and pepsin tablet and she was she was fine eating after that. She took that at the beginning of the meal. Didn't have a problem because uh, betaine and pepsin are the precursors to hydrochloric acid. Um, you know, people some people, but digestive enzymes are the way forward, particularly for people who are getting on a bit. Uh, because if you're not digesting the food, you could be eating the best food in the world. But if you're not digesting it and assimilating it into the cells properly, well, it's just going in one end and coming out the other. So for some people, digestive enzymes make a massive difference. Suddenly, they're digesting the food properly, and they feel so much better. I don't want to sound U.S. or USA centrist when I talk about the United States, but this is where we are, 
And there's one example here. We have the highest incidence incidence of osteoporosis, but we're the biggest consumer of dairy products. And a lot of people say, wait a minute, if we're consuming so much dairy products, why do we have so much osteoporosis? Is it because of the lack of magnesium, not calcium? Well, absolutely. The whole, the whole calcium myth is a massive myth. And, you know, oste- you know uh, osteoarthritis, osteoporosis, all the osteos are usually a deficiency in magnesium and, vit- and can be vitamin K2. You know, vegans, vegetarians are going to be low on vitamin K2. And if you're low on vitamin K2 for long enough, a whole host of horrendous symptoms crop up uh, and osteoporosis being being a, a big one you know so people who are eating a lot of calcium rich products uh you know if you're eating a lot of dairy for example you're you're probably low on magnesium stress makes you low on magnesium lots of things make you low on magnesium so you know the bone issues have grown out of proportion recently and you know i'd, I'd like to talk a bit about veganism uh because of the dangers of it if people don't know what they're doing the osteoporosis being a big one. Um, Magnesium, such an important thing that I can never get enough from. But when it comes to vegetables, when you see, if you burn the vegetables, you're burning the magnesium. When you see fireworks, that's pure magnesium. And it's the same thing happening inside of our bodies, Clive, when it comes to stress. Are we burning magnesium the more we get stressed? Uh, absolutely right. And, you know, to, to a degree, also burning up vitamin C and zinc, you know. Um, so, you know, they say that stress is the big killer. And I think the, the killer bit is the magnesium deficiency. And I, I would say 95% of everybody in the States is magnesium deficient, probably. Uh, it's, it's huge. It's fairly inexpensive to remedy. And you feel the results the same day. You know, it's uh, the issue is that some people buy the wrong type of magnesium. And really, the the main wrong one uh, is magnesium oxide, and that's the cheap one. So you go you go to one of the big stores and you get magnesium. They maybe they only got one type. It's probably magnesium oxide, and that's great if you've got constipation because uh, it'll end you up in the bathroom, but it won't give you enough magnesium to fix anything much. Um, so you know, uh, years ago, you know, I started a supplement company because. I was going into health food stores and it was confusing. You know, there are loads of different stuff. And I thought, well, I got to, it's got to be easier than that. So my task over the years has been to try and simplify, and as I say, get, get it down to about 12 things that fix 90% of everything. Um, but, you know, it's, it's quant- quantity and quality that, that, that makes it. I get loads of people say, oh, I've tried vitamin C or I've tried magnesium, didn't work. Well, they didn't try enough or they didn't try the right type or both. And is it interesting that you go to the grocery store and you see many products that are labeled with fortified with calcium? It's everywhere. Everybody thinks, oh, fortified, that must be good. Just like uh, fortified with fluoride. Everybody goes for the fluoride. But do you ever see one that says fortified with magnesium or vitamin D or vitamin C? Hardly ever. Uh, the other one you see, of course, is fortified with iron. Yes. And, I mean, the, the incredible thing is they actually put iron filings in, in the cereals that are fortified with irons. Just unreal. Uh, but of course, with, mag- with magnesium, the problem is that it's no longer in the soil because the right. glyphosate, you know, the Roundup, uh, has chelated all, all the minerals out, out of the food anyway and killed the microbes in the soil and, you know, these days, I mean, the soils in the states, for instance, particularly in the southern states, you know, southwest, southeast, Texas, all those places are so low on selenium that people are getting cancer, uh, all sorts of, you know, um, uh, immune system problems, brain cognitive issues, you know, they're getting respiratory problems, uh, all because there isn't enough selenium in the soil, birth defects, um, selenium is this huge vast subject and if people realized uh, what a selenium deficiency is probably doing to them they would want want to eat some brazil nuts which are the foods that have the most selenium in or um, actually take a selenium supplement it's not inexpensive 
And one of the incredible things about selenium that's not known is in New York, uh, decades ago, they uh, compared um, selenium to things like methadone. They, they were looking at trying to get heroin addicts off. And um, selenium was massively effective at reducing uh, the side effects from withdrawal. And the reason was that if somebody took a toxin like heroin, then the body, uh, to get to deal with that toxin, makes an antitoxin. And it turns out that selenium in the right dose of the right type turns off the body's antitoxins and suddenly coming off drugs is much easier because it's it's not just the withdrawal from the drug, but it's actually dealing with your own antitoxins that have got nothing to do and are poisoning you. So I got very interested in, in uh, how to get uh, addicts off substances, whether it's booze or, or drugs, uh, or you know, even gambling, for, for that matter. And I started looking at what, what were, you know, how does dopamine and serotonin work? And it turns out that selenium and amino acids are massively useful to get people off substances, absolutely massive. You just need very large doses of the right type for, for, for a few days. You know, I had one guy, I saw him get out of the car to come and see me for an appointment. And it, I, didn't, I wasn't sure he was going to make it to the front door. And he only looked about 45. And he explained to me that he really didn't need to eat because he got all the calories he needed from four bottles of white wine a day. <laughs> so I suggested that amino acids and eating food might be a good thing. And yeah, he, he arrived first thing in the morning. So I gave him um, uh, a third of a month's worth of amino acids in one day. And I, I must say, they weren't any old amino acids. They were a, a particularly good blend. And uh, anyway... So I, I had eight months' worth of amino acids on the shelf, so I gave him all, all eight bottles, and I said, I want you to con consume a bottle a day. Rings me up, uh, and two days later, he says, he got home in the evening after taking a bottle, and he poured himself a glass of white wine and didn't feel like it. And the next day, he had five meals, and he rings me up then again, nine days after, afterwards, and said he'd run out of amino acids, could he get some more? And obviously you don't need to do high doses of this for long. He was already off them after two or three days. He could have cut right down. Anyway, um, I didn't have any more on the shelf. They hadn't arrived. And he went back on the booze again. And he repeated this cycle three times more until finally he decided that he needed to take a small amount of amino acids every day. And uh, at that point, I didn't know about selenium's ability to stop the antitoxins and had i've known that it probably would have been even easier um so you know if you anybody wants to detox if if they realize that they need to uh give their body every help possible so vitamin c forfeit minerals charcoal there are a few basic things loads of magnesium just to relax uh people can give up when they, they didn't think they could. They may have tried 20 times before, um, but, uh, you know, it's, it can be easier than people think. And, you know, I started this thing, the Secret Health Club, to um, put up a body of work uh, to show people, you know, how easy it can be to be healthy. That is so great that you're doing this because you have to call it a club these days or some people call it a church because otherwise, you get the good intentioned government to start just becoming a monkey on your back. But we have to take a one and only break. I want to talk about selenium more because I'm new to selenium. And I know that this is one of the top three. I believe you you say it's magnesium, selenium, and what is it, the, the third one, vitamin C? Am I right? Um, well, I changed my mind, really. But uh, essentially, the, the real keys are vitamin D, vitamin C magnesium, iodine, fulvic minerals. Okay. Now you sent me this box before we take a break so you can find all his great products and supplements right on our website at veritasradio.com. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And you can join the Secret Health Club through that if you, if you choose to. Um, I do still, luckily, although I can't post anymore on YouTube, they, 
my channel still exists and but I'm also on all the other channels like you know BitChute and Library and uh, brand new tube uh, so I've got loads of videos uh, you know the idea is to try and try and show people that it's not as difficult as they might have thought and uh, we all need to be experts you know the stuff that I'm teaching could be taught at schools now tell us more because I'm so puzzled uh, by people who sell hundreds and hundreds of supplements and you have learned from that and you have distilled it into just a few it's taken decades for you to realize that the answers are in these small quantity correct well yeah it's just quality and quantity uh and you know that'll deal with most things because we're designed to self-repair right and if we lose the ability to self-repair we lose our health well then we just need to get the toxins out and put put the good stuff in you know i mean we why should we we be ill at the end of our lives you know most people accept that as normal but i you know our ancestors certainly didn't and i don't think don't think we should but but we have to stop poisoning ourselves with bad water and bad food you know we've uh, the way to fight back against the the system is to refuse to buy their rubbish And that's something else I want to discuss during part two. I want to discuss some of the, what people perceive to be urban legends, things that our ancestors used to do to remedy you know, health issues. And now people say, oh, that's just uh, an urban legend. You also have some Tesla technology. We want to leave that for part two. So we say you are responsible for your own health. Such a fascinating talk with Clive the Carl and so much more and deeper when we come back in the members section. This is Mel Hasselrich, and you are listening to Veritas. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas, because you don't want to believe, you want to know.